to Life from Life Alpha Podcast. I'm Eddie Wasserman. Thank you guys for joining us for today's emergency podcast, our first emergency episode of summer 2021. And it had to be done because Beef Stew hit one of the most incredible buzzer beaters I've seen in my eight summers here at Camp Baco. It was an amazing shot. The hill was electric. Amazing game. And we had to bring in Danny Silver, who was refing this game to come on the podcast and break it all down with us. Danny, first episode, you've been on here in summer 2021. How you doing? I'm doing great, Maddie. It's good to finally be on. There's so much to cover, but for today, I know we're diving right into this game that finished a couple hours ago. I'd love to talk about everything that's going on on the courts this summer, but we'll save that for another time. Yeah, maybe we'll get into that a little at the end, but for now, we have to talk about the game that just happened on the big court. We're taping this. It's 4.30 on a Friday afternoon. What we just witnessed was the featured game of rest hour today. We had, what, probably 50, 60 people on the hill watching a battle between Beef Stew and his team versus Eli Greenberg and his team in senior leagues, and it was an all-time classic game. Like, for week three, the buzz around camp after a senior leagues game, incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know if it was the best played game. Um, I felt it was a weird game. It, it had weird like game. It had a weird pace to it. Um, I think sometimes with Eli, that's just naturally the way the game plays out just because of his style. He Just his methodical way of playing. He drops 30 and you don't even know it. Um, so the pace of the game was weird. The intensity level was weird. I think a lot of it had to do with the time of day, I think right after lunch is a weird time for for a game. But when you just look at the specifics of two big titans, two of the best players in camp going head-to-head, both of them having big games, and it going down to a buzzer beater, um, it's really the only thing that matters. I mean, the all the, all the other minutiae that was unspectacular is definitely overridden by the crazy ending. That yeah, so let's get into that ending at the end of the game because, you know, you've been in camp for a long time, like... I mean, there's a lot of close games, barn burners, things at the end. There's very rarely like a buzzer beater to win the game. And just to set up the context, it's 44-42 in favor of Eli's team. And it's two seconds left. And we'll get into the end game scenarios later. But just the very end, two seconds left in the game. Beef's team is inbounding the ball from underneath the basket. And then Beef goes into the corner, guarded by two players, hits a step-back three-pointer for the win. They were down two. He hits the three. They win 45-44. You know, the team mobs him. The hill's going crazy. Just a crazy ending to the game. You were reffing. What did you see? Yeah, so he wasn't double teamed. I think he was quintuple teamed. Yeah. And then there were some of his own players around him. So I, it seemed like he had six or seven bodies around, including the baseline referee. So um, yeah, it, it, it was a spectacular shot by a great player who actually hadn't hit one in the second half, at least for a while, at least his jump shot was not falling for him. And, uh, you know, his team seemed to have control of the game up until the last minute where Eli kind of willed his team to take a lead. But that last play, I got to say, I didn't see it coming. I did I not see it coming. Well, to set the scene a little more, it was 40-33 to 33 in favor of Beef's team with like five or six minutes to go. And then all of a sudden, they started methodically losing this lead because Eli just went off. And Eli is like, you know, we were talking about this watching the game on the side. He is the demeanor of an NBA superstar more than any player I've ever seen at camp. Just the way he like methodically goes up and down the courts and just sort of breaks you down without looking like he's the effort just... 
is so effortless and he just kind of methodically wears you down, carries this exuberance of a superstar. And when it got to the last four or five minutes of the game, he started to take over and all of a sudden you were like, well, I don't know. And then he just sort of put his foot down and started hitting contested shots and proving why he was that first overall selection. And as we kept going in the game, it kind of felt like the momentum was going to his team. And then Beef just shut it down at that very end. Yeah, so, I mean, for my money, I think Eli's the best player in camp. He still and, is. And he showed why in the last, like, five or six minutes today. Now, did he play a perfect game? Absolutely not. Um, I think, you know, like you said, the effortless way that he plays sometimes isn't always doesn't always work for him. No. Um, but it's almost like he measures the game and he kind of like picks his spots. That's and, why he's like, he's like, and he, he kept his team within arm's reach the whole game. And then when it was time for him to turn it on, some of those shots that he didn't make early were going in. And um, honestly, you, you, you know, once his team took the lead and it felt like Beef hadn't hit a shot in a while, you know, I'm surprised with the way it turned out. But I think, honestly, I think the team that played a better game won the game. Um, and like you were saying, we very rarely have like that buzzer beater. You know, we have great games great on the games, courts all, right? all the time. And we very rarely have like the one moment buzzer beater. I think it happens with the younger kids yeah. more often than it happens with the oldest kids. But, you know, this, this was a cool ending. I think it's one people will talk about for a long time. But as good of an ending as it was, I didn't think the game was that spectacular, to be honest no. with you. And I think because of that, as as cool of a moment as this was, especially for Beef, I don't know if this goes into like the top shelf. It's not the top shelf of games. It's the top shelf of endings. Also, just generally as a basketball fan, the down two points, three-pointer to win the game, buzzer beater is the coolest end to end yeah, game. When you're yeah. down two and you hit the three-pointer to win it. Yeah, so... The way that last, and I, I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but the way the last two seconds played out and where the ball was, and, um, you know, it, it almost was a foregone conclusion that with two seconds left, whatever field goal attempt they were going to take was going to be a three. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, Beef, who's had a great summer shooting the ball, uh, definitely went cold in the second half. For sure. Um, especially from like outside the paint. And, when that, when he got it off, like, I was, I, I was shocked. I was, I was shocked. It was a hurricane. It was jerk. shocking. It was, I mean, for those that want a, a picture of it, Henry, Henry Stewart Beef Stew is a lefty. He, his team was shooting at the hillside hoop and he started the play on the right wing and he either got a screen or made some sort of cut towards the right corner. So he's basically in the corner right by the grass where the hill starts. Um, and he caught it, got, you know, he kind of did a one dribble step back with all sorts of bodies running at it, at his chest. And just the fact that he was able to have the strength to get it to the, to the rim. Well, this is another topic that kind of ties into it, which is beef step back game Yeah. in general. He's got a little like the camp equivalent of James Harden in that he's taking these step back. Obviously he's a lefty, so that already makes him halfway to Harden. But he has a step back game. Oh, so being a lefty makes him halfway to James Harden. Yeah, it's it's a qualifier. Okay. And then he has a step back game where he's able to create space, 
And especially, I mean, this is throughout the game. You, as you said, he wasn't really hitting his shots, but the way he was creating space for his shots is something that we see happen with him throughout the game. Yeah. And he's just his overall strength yeah. and his you know, lower think, body strength. I think if you were to watch that on replay, I think just the impressiveness of the momentum of his body going backwards with bodies flying at his chest and the angle just to, and the distance just to get the ball up there um, to give it a chance. It's just a very, a very impressive shot to, you know, a good exclamation point to a battle of heavyweights. Um, you know, Eli's kind of got the billing of the best player in camp. He's backed it up all summer long. Um, and Beef has kind of been the up and comer and his team is undefeated. And there's some buzz like, where does he belong in the pecking order? And I, I think as good as this win is for Beef, I still think Eli kind of proved a point those last 10 minutes. I, I agree. Um, you know, like, like I said, neither guy played a perfect game. Um, I don't know what the final stats were. I'm sure Eli had over 30. They probably and, both had yeah. over 30. But, um, you know, I, I don't think either guy played their best game. Um, and maybe the elements outdoor after lunch maybe had something to do with it. Um, and I just think the intensity level and the pace of the game, maybe Eli kind of lulled beef, I think. But they, it lived up, you know, we, we talked beforehand that there were, there were two leagues games going on at the time. And one I put in the Superdome and this one, Superdome. this one had to be on the courts because of these two superstars. So, um, well, I think the game was a little underwhelming. The ending was memorable. And, um. Yeah, I mean, you you want to dive into the specifics yeah, so of how as it we, went down? So as we, I mean, yeah, we can dive into the specifics for a minute in that when you look at the game itself and you look at Beef's game, he is probably one of the strongest drivers in camp. And it's honestly funny because I feel like Eli for a long time had the rep as the best driver in terms of that he could get to where he wanted in the paint. And to an extent, that's still true. But the way Beef was imposing himself inside and able to finish through contact today, I thought just his strength in getting inside... It's kind of interesting how their games kind of like beef has some vibes Eli like used to have. I don't know if you, I don't know if you see what I'm saying. Well, no, I I know what you're saying. I think the, the the thing with beef stew for those that have never seen him play, left-handed player, broad shoulders, powerful body, um, has like big wing game. Like he's uses his body well, um, but he's under no circumstances a post player. He's no. definitely a a wing score. Um, and he does a lot. I mean, for anyone that's coached or played youth sports, being left-handed, you know, is worth about six points a game. That's um, true. So he's lefty. He's not like a dirty lefty where it's like everything's so unorthodox lefty, but like he definitely does the lefty stuff where he's got that right shoulder that always gives him space. Um, but his game is built off of power. And I don't mean like, Post power, I mean like leg strength, shoulder strength, body positioning to create space. Eli is way more about footwork. Correct. Eli uses his gather step and his long strides, and he does do a little bit of the shoulder to create space, but it, it's more strength versus footwork. Um, but the final product is pretty similar. That's um, what I'm saying. Where, like yeah. where they score their points. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you think about it, they are similar in the way that they get it done, uh, or, or in what gets done, the way they get it done looks a lot different. 
So. Correct. In that, and that's what I think made it such a good game. And to zoom out a little bit into the larger picture of the league, so we have this game, as you said, Beast team is undefeated. Obviously, we haven't mentioned this yet on the podcast. Jaden Levy, who is the second player for Beast team, suffers an injury, so he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. So that's a key factor. You bring up Grant Siegel from the K-House, yeah. who had some highs and lows, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Grant, um, who's had an outstanding summer yeah. um, and much deserved as the guy to get the call and out. Some, well, if we remember, just to tie this back to Beef, two summers ago when Abi Pellet went down on Chuck's league's team, yeah. Beef was the guy that got the call up. And he, and and he, he played delivered. well. So Grant Siegel, um, you know, he lives in the Kowser house. He's younger than all the guys in this league. And, you know, there's some timid approach that like, is, is to be expected. But Grant, you know, he hit some shots. He had some steals. Um, he moved the ball. He was definitely a plus. Um, so he was a contributor. But, I mean, this, you know, Ben Summer did some stuff on, on, on the boards, I think. He's always solid. Yeah, I think he wasn't ha- happy with the way that he played. But this was beef versus Eli. Beef versus Eli. Um, and if we're looking at the league in general right now, I think you got four, four super duper stars um, with Eli, Avi Pellin, uh, Josh Nadell, who's had an outstanding, awesome, he's yeah. had an outstanding summer, and then obviously Beef Stew, and then Miles Samuels is another guy who's been red hot recently. He's had some huge leagues games, huge Army Navy Day game, and then Alex Newman has had some has, has had some good leagues games. Um, I'm probably missing some guys, but I mean it's basically a big four right now. With it's a big My- four with 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 Miles definitely having. I would say uh, I wouldn't use the word overachieve because Miles has always gotten it done, but I think Miles has has grown up a He's little bit. Taking a lead. This, yeah, yeah. Miles has been great too, but these two, Beef and Eli, that we're talking about yeah. now, these two are, you know, are right there at at the top, and it was a good show for everybody that was watching. And I think it's also interesting to see with the different guys. Because, like, you know, like we talked about before when we were doing the mock draft and stuff like that, and there was kind of four and then everyone else. And we said Eli was going to go first, and then it was Beef, Avi, Noodle could could have gone kind of any order. It's kind of up to your interpretation. And in our, I mean, in our draft, you know, Avi went fourth and Beef went ahead of him. And, I mean, that got ridiculed. By some people, by some listeners, but I think that what we see is they kind of all have different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I think the coach of all those players are happy with who they correct. Have. Um, and if you're looking to rank them, um, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. It is. I mean, beef. I might be wrong on this, but I think beef hasn't lost the game this summer. I know he's undefeated in yeah. leagues and he won Army Navy Day. I mean, it hasn't been a huge sample size, but beef. Uh, I mean, beef has. I mean, Beef has been terrific. He's been absolutely terrific, and he and he showed it again today. Um, you know, the thing about him is he's you can just see it, and when he's out there, he you know he's the first guy on the court. Um, you know, today was a little unfair advantage because the waiters were cleaning up the dining. That is true. That was but unfair. He always is. You know, he's one of those guys that shoots at the domeless dome. You know, in those weird in between times during the day, and he's the Baco equivalent of a gym rat, and he. He, he wants it, you know, he wants it. And, you know, he's definitely put work in the last few years. And, you know, he's clearly, clearly risen the ranks of of, of the guys. I mean, two here. years ago, he was like a scra- like a glue guy plus. And uh, now, yeah. I think he had more to it. I think it was in a situation he was in. You know, when there's a pecking order over the course of X amount of years, 
to distort that pecking order, you need to be very good for enough time for people to finally buy into it. And I think Beef did that two summers ago. And I think he showed up this year and we all knew that he was going to yes. be a guy. Just from everything that we had heard. But, yeah, I mean, the shot today is just like, it's a good tangible exclamation point to what's been a great, you know, first few weeks for him. So I, I agree. And that's it's kind of like... I feel like with him, you're right about the pecking order. This is something we do a lot at camp, and I think both of us are probably contributors to this problem, that people, when they're like, if you're amazing at basketball when you're 11 years old, you kind of carry the same rep throughout your time at camp. It's kind of hard to, like, shift the narrative, or if you aren't that good, like, it's kind of one of those things, it's kind of hard to, like, break into the mold of, like, what the, the, the public thinks of you at camp. And, but then someone like Beef comes along who's obviously peaking as a basketball player so far that we've seen. This is obviously the best he's ever played at camp. Like when he was 11, 12 years old, he wasn't nearly this good. It's a testament to how good you have to be and also how consistent you have to be. To, like, to, to, like, to like rise above yes. your quote-unquote rank. Yeah. Now, you know, I've obviously seen a lot of these yes. over, over, over the years and I used to make that mistake if we want to call it a mistake much more often and i could cite examples you know from yesteryear but i'm not gonna you know i I don't want to name names so i'm kind of on alert about it now yeah like if there's a guy that you know wasn't a a contributor wasn't a starter wasn't you know a top shelf player in summer's past but it's you know that doesn't necessarily mean that he always is going to be in that spot and you know, with beef, I think it was pretty obvious last year, and um, you know, I was ready for it this year too. I mean, and the, I mean, the Jade and Levy injury. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but it does put beef in a different situation because it means he has to handle the ball a lot more than he would have with a point guard on his team and Jaden Levy. That was like kind of a he's like a passing scoring offense. He's like an offensive guard. It was kind of like a it would be like LeBron and Kyrie, and then Kyrie got hurt. LeBron has to take over more of the ball handling duties. It's kind of that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you were watching the game today, I, I think Eli's team is is, is deficient Correct. Uh, defensively. Yes. Uh, you know, they don't have a lot of size, which, you know, Eli, in addition to scoring whatever many points, you know, he's got to grab the rebounds and protect the rim and all that stuff. Um, but so they went to this 1-3-1 zone, basically the second half, which kind of distorted the timing. Are you, are you a 1-3-1 zone supporter? I mean, if it's done the right way, yeah. sure. But um, I think the way with beef handling the ball, I think against other teams, it might be a little bit more of a problem than it was today. I think there was a lot of times today where he just went downhill and he just saw smaller guys in front of him. Um, yeah, I agree. Where against some of the other teams in the league, you know, maybe that Jaden loss has felt a little bit more. But, well, well, it's going to be uh, interesting time will tell. because yeah. if you want to say who's the best one-two punch in the league, I think the Noodle Zay one-two is just, I mean, it's an unbelievable one-two punch of those two. And maybe, by the way, in the Beef Jaden thing, like, that would have been, that's a one-two punch too, but now Jaden's out. I think when I'm looking just handicapping the league as a whole, I mean, the Noodle, like, Noodle's played unbelievably well all summer, and then Zay has gotten so much better. I think he was underdrafted where he was picked. Oh, I mean that team to me. I think if you're talking favorites, I, yeah, my, I mean, my if you, if you want to go through the teams, yeah. 
assuming the rosters stay somewhat, stay basically what they are. I think with Eli's team, they're not going to win until Eli trusts his teammates a little bit more. I, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, take some shots. I don't want to like... take anything away from his performance today because he did, you know, get hot and. But that game could have been. He didn't have to. He, there, there's a scenario where he doesn't have to go nuclear to win the game if he involves his teammates um, in different ways. Because there becomes a time where, you know, a guy like Tucker Press, who's overqualified for what he's asked to do, you know, will go five minutes without touching the ball. And then, when, and then when he touches the ball, he's like, oh, you know, if I don't shoot now, I might never get to shoot. Tucker had a really good first half, but then you didn't hear from him much in the second half. And that's when Eli... There was also a couple scenarios in. where he was open in the corner and Eli was More just, than a couple. I but, mean, he, you Eli know, was just taken to the rack. You know, and but, by the way, and Eli can finish those. It's not like Eli yeah, can't finish yeah. those. But, but, you know, then what kind of what kind of effort do you get from Tucker then on defense after right. he hasn't touched? You know, it, that, that's the thing about basketball. If, if you're not touching the ball, it's human nature where, you're, where your effort's going to slide in other areas. So, but Tucker, and I thought Lance K played a good game defensively today, but I feel like for them to start winning games, they need to get contributions from other, from other guys, and that's on Eli to create. So that's that team. The Avi team uh, with Avi and Hillman, I believe, Salty. Yep, Salty. Um, they took their first L today, which I was sort of surprised about. But I, I don't think – I think that team um, knows who they are, and I think that also, team is Avi for Avi is all around – incredible all-around player. Like, yeah. just so solid in all areas. And Hillman – He's just like Hillman's not a guy that's gonna make that many mistakes. He's he's so yeah, solid. He's one of the better defenders. He's yes. been making shots this summer. Um, and salty, I mean, he plays his role. You know, he's got a nose for the for the ball. He's one of the better rebounders in the league. Um, so that team's a force to be reckoned with. And then Beef's team is the only undefeated the, team. But but the Jaden injury is the Jaden injury is like a question mark. Um, and then Noodle and Zay's team. You know, you say they're the favorites, but, like, they just lost to Beef's team. Of course they're um, right. But that was another game that went down to the wire. Um, the thing with Noodle and Zay, I love them both, and I think it's a great combination, is I do think you need good games from both for them to win games. Where, so far, it's been a good fit, but, like, is there a game where one of them field goal attempts go up and the other one isn't happy? That's... But so far, it seems like the chemistry there is great. Um, and then the other two teams, which I think, you know, the teams that get the less pub without yeah, the big certainly four, the less pub. is Harold and Fema's team just got their first win, and Miles has been balling, and now they have Jacob Greenberger on, on that team after the trade. So they're feeling good. And then the Waiters Counselors just won their last game now that they have Newman. I mean, it's an interesting league. It could. I, I predict it's a stars league. I I predict one of those four teams with the big Absolutely. four. I think Eli's got the steepest uphill climb. Um, I think of all the I that team is they got a lot of work to do because the draft. And I mentioned this on our podcast. We did the reaction to the draft in that Ruben, who's the coach of that team. Oh, Ruben's the other kid with Newman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Jake Ruben, the coach, yeah, yeah. kind of went against like the media. He went against like the draft, the the media, like the Mel Kiper big board in taking. Yeah, in, by going picks, small. By going with the Lance K Tucker yeah. press two three, yeah. Yeah. he kind of went against the grain, and right now 
again, like it's on. I agree that it's on Eli to get Tucker Press to get SK more shots, more involved. But at the same time, I mean, those it's just they don't have enough scoring or enough size around Eli. I I think that team needs a trade. I think they have a trade. But I'm always one to look internally. I think there are certain adjustments that the players and the and the and Jake Rubin knows they need to make. I mean, they I mean if Beef's team is three and zero and they had them beat today until this crazy three, like they can beat anyone. They just have well, to because fast. Eli's that good. To, yeah, of course. Um whatever it is, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. For sure. So I think that we're going to see how this league plays out over time. You're right. I think it's a stars league. The question for me is just like, how do they play against each other? Because there are similarities amongst. I mean, not noodle, but the other. They definitely like you have three kind of like wings. So in Avi and Beef and in Eli, you have these three wings that are handling the ball, that are shooting, that are able to drive and like. There is a lot of crossover in the kind of the ways that they're able to score. That's why the noodle Zay combo is so interesting. So interesting because. With Beef, with Avi, and with Eli, you know they're going to be handling the ball. And you know... They're going to be taking the, the most... They're going to be leading our team in shots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where with the other two, it's just... It's a little bit more conventional for real life, but unconventional for leagues. That it's yes. kind of like a guard and like another player. Um, but at camp, sometimes that becomes... Especially in leagues, that becomes harder to execute. But so far, Noodle and Zay have been great, so... And it's also, I mean, Mickey's the coach, so... Yeah, well, Noodle's the player coach. Yes, Noodle's the player coach. <laughs> so, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Well, thank you very much, Danny, for coming on. We're going to be yeah. doing more of these. Yeah, this, the, this league's game today, like I said, it wasn't the best game when it comes to intensity level and pace and, honestly, effort a yeah. lot of the games. But, um... Such a classic ending. The classic ending. With two great players. And, um, you know, we, we've we had some really, really, really good senior division basketball. The, there's been a handful of incredible leagues games. Both Army-Navy Day, the 22-23 game, and the Waiter game were exceptional games. Um, and the talent. I mean, I've been saying this since we started the podcast a couple of years ago. The basketball talent at Baco is is in a very good place right now. It's deep. And it makes for these rest hour leagues games so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it's must-see TV. Um, it's it's just really exciting. I'm glad these guys were able to get this done today. It was great. And listen, the people watching on the Hill, got their they got their money's worth yeah. for that ending. Yeah. Just an incredible game. All right, well, thank you very much, Danny, for coming on today. And we're going we're gonna to keep going with this. Yeah, keep me... You know where I live. I mean, yes. I... I'd love to talk Baco basketball. So, uh, any of these podcasts you want me to sit sit in, give you my, you know, my viewpoint. I'm here for it. Of you, course, so. and we're gonna keep going. We're gonna get Noodle on more after the big show is done too. So we got a lot going, and we have some more podcasts, non basketball stuff coming up too. There's a Ball on Roof podcast <laughs> coming up soon. So stay tuned for all that kind of stuff. But for now, I'm Maddie Wasserman signing off, and we will see you next time on the Live from Lake Balfour podcast.